This is the anatomy of a screen pod squad. Now. Don't be a pussy. Laser my fucking tits. And welcome to The Girls on the Boys, a podcast dedicated to analyzing the Amazon series The Boys and the spicy world of soups and stereotypes. I'm Jen Adams. And I'm Rachel Reeves. And today, oh, I'm so excited. We are talking about season three, episode two, Happy Birthday, Homelander, also known as The Only Man in the Sky. And Rachel, I have yes. told you. This is, mm-hmm. there are three things that I have been so excited to talk to you about. And one of them is in this episode. Oh my God. It's here. It's here. I know. Yeah. I even wrote in the outline. I was like, it's here. It was like Christmas because I couldn't remember what episode it is. We'll get to that. Before we do, mm-hmm. let's go to our first category Huey Cutie in the news. Do we have any news? No, see, that's the thing. Like, it felt like for, for a minute there, it felt like we actually had some news to share. And I was mm. like, yes, we're getting excited. Um, but, you know, however, we know that nothing gold can stay. And yeah. we're back to crickets. Um, season four release date remains TBD. And this anticipation is truly reaching unbearable levels. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Uh, on, when we do know, we're going to shout it from the rooftops. But until mm-hmm. then, I, I, that's it. I, I got nothing. Yeah. <laughs> well, and you know, it's maybe okay that we have a light news episode because there is yeah. a lot to talk about in this episode. Yes. Um, I also know, I don't know if you've seen any of this, but Aaron Moriarty has been posting a lot about like kind of getting haters about like plastic surgery and like yeah. her appearance. Have you seen that? Yeah, there was like a weird thing with Megan Kelly. Oh, <laughs> oh yes. Thing, was talking favorite. about Hollywood and plastic <laughs> surgery. And she specifically used Aaron Moriarty as an example. So mm-hmm. she like did a before and that that's the thing it's not before it was just an older photo of her and then compared it with a newer photo and was saying that she was having some you know had some procedures done and was just being nasty about it yeah um but also like you know that's not necessarily true and even if it was true it's not her place to be commenting on somebody else's appearance so mm-hmm. yeah Aaron Moriarty um made you know a very a public statement on it which was great but also it just unfortunate that she had to deal with some people just coming on and just saying nasty things about her that don't even know her and it's probably not even true and yeah just just tough and yeah I just feel bad that she, you know she didn't deserve to have to get harassed for exactly. something like that so especially considering like her role on the show and the arc that she's had to go to through too, you know, it's like wearing that outfit or having to wear Mm -hmm. that outfit and then having to deal with harassment. And, you know, yeah. And I mean, for, for the record, for as far as I'm concerned, like you do what you want to do with your body. It's none of my business, you know? And I know like, I don't know. I try to, 
because I frequently talk about people's appearances when I think they're dreamy. Um, yeah. But I try to avoid specifics, you know, like really arms are really as deep as I'm going to go on somebody's because it's just not really something that's my place to talk about. I don't no. I don't and want people talking about my body that way. So, you know. And you never know what somebody's going through. And exactly. so to make assumptions or, you know, to have discussions about it, like it's just not. It's not nice. No, it's not. And kudos to her for standing up for herself, too. So, yeah. Well, let's move to our next category, which is the name of the game. And I really like the title of this episode, The Only Man in the Sky. I think I once we start talking about this, I am so excited to ask how you kind of experienced this episode because I feel like it really goes some places there so like I yeah. I was like do not read the outline before you watch this episode I know I did yeah I, I was did like, not Ooh. want to spoil anything <laughs> um, but I feel like this is a really interesting title given what happens later on in the episode and it's like an ominous one but if you just look at it, like it it seems pretty innocuous just reading it but then after the episode's over, you know where yeah. the episode goes. I feel like it's really ominous. So our description, Homelander, America's greatest superhero, defending our shores from sea to shining sea. Today, America honors him on his birthday. And the Vought Shopping Network is celebrating by offering the exclusive Homelander limited birthday edition gold coin for only ninety nine ninety five plus tax and shipping. While supplies last, Vought Gold Commemorative Coins, an investment that lasts a lifetime. Which, oh, boy. <laughs> oh, I know. And there's so much, like, really direct parody in this episode. Oh, this is, like, I think, I mean, we're going to get into it, but this is, like, the most just blatant, we are just calling out real world people scenarios, like, no holds barred, no fucks given. It's like, oh, they're not even trying mm-hmm. to hide this. Oh, I know. <laughs> yeah. Talking. Yeah, because it's been pretty blatant before, but there's always been, like... I don't know, a level of like plausible, you know? Yeah, plausible deniability. Exactly. I mean, we're like inspired by, but not. And it's like, oh, no, this is very pointed. Yes. Like (laughs) almost some some close to direct quotes from some political figures. Close to direct quotes, close to direct footage, like Uh very, very pointed. Mm -hmm. Um, So that was that was uh amusing to say the least um <laughs> again this episode is directed by philip scritchia he produced he directed the last episode yeah. he's back so we are very familiar with him at this time but I-, I will say i think that this episode looked a little different to me hmm. mm-hmm. it's like they like the actual color of it and i think even the way like, it's like it was, I don't know, it felt like it was just almost like a different kind of episode. And I think it makes sense because what it's dealing with, like, there's a lot of heaviness going on with these characters and a mm-hmm. lot of like, you know, everybody dealing with some very internal issues. And then also, yeah, we get some like slow-mo, like, you know, bullet, <laughs> like Matrix yeah. style scenes and stuff later. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, even though, he, you know, Philip is back for this episode, it's like, oh, they they kind of took the opportunity to do something a little different with it. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I thought it was a good inter- uh, episode. And you you texted me and re- you called it a one-two punch, which I hadn't really thought about these two in conjunction with each other. But but I think I agree. There's a lot of table setting in the last episode. Not that it wasn't interesting, but 
a lot. It was like set pieces Mm -hmm. and just like catching up with everybody and like a lot of very like dramatic kind of like moments that weren't even necessarily directly tied to our characters, just kind of where they were at the, the world at this moment. But this one, it's like, oh, now we're like getting into it with our characters. Like we're really seeing where they're at emotionally uh, you know for a lot of them and stuff so it was kind of a the best of both worlds I guess I agree yeah because last week and I noticed this and maybe this can lead us into our next category sup with the soups which is where we recap what happened in the last episode like I noticed this recap was a little shorter because Mm -hmm. there are some major events in the first episode that don't really connect they're kind of like show pieces you know right and i mean i'm not complaining at all no. but it's kind of like we get the big boom episode and then we mm-hmm. get the really like meaty storyline episode too so yeah it is yeah. kind of the best of both worlds both sides of a gold commemorative coin you might say <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which by the way like who would pay a hundred dollars for a coin oh, like a lot of people which Jed, a lot of I just don't understand. I mean, I don't understand it either. But yeah, hey, if you are listening and you have bought one of those, please explain it to us. I can't. What do you do with them? them? Where do exactly. they go? Like you commemorate them. I I don't imagine there's a whole lot of overlap between our listeners and and gold coin buyers. But you never know. So you know, yeah. <laughs> Let us know what the point is. Um, and meanwhile, let's catch up with the story. So Huey and Starlight are living the power couple life. He is a high-powered exec at the Bureau of Superhuman Affairs, and she's the new co-captain of the Seven. Homelander is thrilled. And speaking of Homelander, he's on an apology tour for dating a Nazi and hating every second of it. He takes his frustration out on A-Train and with a little handjob from Stormfront, (laughs) who is still hanging on in Vought Tower. Butcher is also looking for a purpose, especially since he now has to answer to Huey. He, Frenchie, and Kamiko round up soups for Huey, and he's also looking out for Ryan, who is living with Grace Mallory. M.M., who is increasingly being called Marvin, has left the boys and is trying to be a normal dad to Janine, though it looks like he's lost Monique for good. Homelander and Butcher have a little clandestine meeting, setting the stakes for a fun season, and Maeve is now a member of the Resistance, too. She gives Butcher a few vials of Temp V, a green serum that gives you superpowers for 24 hours. Hey, that rhymes. Superpowers for 24 hours. Didn't You're a realize. poet, and you didn't even know it. <laughs> Maybe that was my superpower. <laughs> yeah. What if I did take the Temp V and I just, like, could not speak without rhyming for 24 hours? <laughs> Oh, yeah. You show us some of those superpowers where it's just like, it's just obnoxious. (laughs) I know. (laughs) We'd have to like either cancel all recordings until it wears off or be like, guys, we got to record as many as possible because this power, like, it's it's going to go. Yeah, it could go either way. It could be amazing or a disaster. (laughs) Yeah. You know, I I do feel like poetry is like that. You know, you just never know what (laughs) you're going to get. (laughs) That's true. Well, let's talk about our bad boys. And I think we could, there's a lot of like characters in connection with each other too. So I think we can probably do a lot of overlap because I had a lot of notes with this episode. Um, I kind of wrote down my reaction, but okay, we got to start with the deep. When I tell you it was like Christmas when I realized that this was the episode, I knew it was season three. I knew it was early season three. Mm Mm-hmm. This is one of the three moments. So it was the girl fight. It was 
not without my dolphin, which made me spit my drink out the first time I watched it when they revealed that title. And then there's one more that's coming later this season that I can't wait for. Um, it's insane. T- tell it's, me about this. <laughs> How did you I experience mean, I l- this? <laughs> I laughed so hard and was just like, of course. I mean, there's part of me that's like, why is he being rewarded? Like he's getting book deals and like <laughs> movie deals. <laughs> like, but also it's like, well, that's just the world we live in. Yeah, but also, like, man, you know, I don't, I don't mind seeing this stuff. And it's just, <laughs> of course, he would have a show on like the Va equivalent of like Lifetime, right? Mm-hmm. Television just... for women, VTV, VTV, mm-hmm. um. Yeah, I love these openings like this that are just so silly and stupid and because it's like we don't get like anything else from the deep in this right. episode it's except this. A... But that's fine. I'm This is enough <laughs> for me. <laughs> yeah, it's good to know he's out there, I guess, working on these things and just a beautiful what is that? Uh, a male bimbo. A bimbo. Bimbo, yeah. Just a beautiful <laughs> dumb man just making his lifetime movies and you know, we did that episode, uh, like, I've had Lifetime movies on the brain recently, you know, just because we mm. watched um, Big Driver, you know? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> and so I've just been thinking about it. And it's just so funny. Like, he plays this, that, like, melodrama. So funny. Like, giving me no choice but to run. Like, it's so yeah. stupid, so cheesy. I do have to apologize because I said that Goran Vizijnik was going to be back. But mm. I meant Alistair, and I forgot that who plays Alistair? Uh, Billy Zane. Billy fucking Zane. <laughs> that yes. was the other thing when his like chair turned around. I was like, ah! that's my first note. Is just Billy Zane. <laughs> oh my gosh! And this season, I feel like they really kind of amp this kind of stuff up. Like we've seen mm-hmm. it before, but like I'm thinking of a couple more things that are going to happen. Like I feel like they have like firmly established themselves so right. not that they've ever really held back but now it's like they they're really kind of going for broke and just kind of doing all this fun yeah shit. just like bring yeah bring in some you know, like hey do you want to come in for a few hours and do this cameo like, yeah sure. it'll like, be real stupid but really really fun <laughs> mm-hmm. oh, but man not without my dolphin like perfect title i have been sitting on that afraid i was gonna say it until this episode because <laughs> i didn't want to spoil it um, but yeah, we don't see any more of the deep. Um, let's talk about uh, the man of the hour because it is allegedly Homelander's birthday. Although I felt a lot of pity for him in this episode. I mean, he still yeah. is Homelander. You know, he's he's not a good guy. But just talking about like how he doesn't even know when his birthday is. He wasn't even really born. How are you yeah, feeling I guess about that, Homelander? It was, yeah, it, that wasn't something... Or that was something I hadn't considered. It was like when he said that I was, oh yeah, I guess he doesn't know when his birthday. And he says something about how his birthday was chosen for him. Mm-hmm. And God, what a weird thing mm-hmm. to like not and not have anybody that cares to tell you or and not yeah to not have a. I mean, I we I knew he didn't have a family, but yeah, he wasn't born. Yeah. created a test tube like it's just it's very depressing it really is and it's like in the first season there was something similar like we had that episode where he was at his faux home talking about like his parents but i think after everything 
like he's lost so much now. It's like this is one of the few things I think he had left. It reminds me a lot of Michael Scott's birthday party on The Office, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's like you you just want somebody to care that it's your birthday, mm-hmm. which I get. But also, like, the reason nobody cares is because of how he acts and who he is. So, yeah, it is interesting that they're making such a big deal out of it, which has to feel so weird because mm-hmm. clearly nobody actually cares because he doesn't even have a real birthday or know his real birthday. So just being in that position where... I mean, we've seen him. He has to fake, yeah, fake up his backstory and like fake his birthday. And it's mm-hmm. just, he's, yeah, it, it's not a surprise that at some point, you know, the shoe's going to drop because mm-hmm. that would just be exhausting to have to keep up that veneer, to keep up that like, per- like projection of yourself to the entire world at all times mm-hmm. when you know that it's all false it's just a big false front right well and speaking of false front like this birthday save thing the idea of like they've staged this whole thing i imagine this girl was actually about to attempt to die by suicide but like everything else like they've got a crowd down there they've got cameras ready and then just the way he turns it's it's really chilling yeah it's really chilling and just how that that's like what he's saying to her like he that's him just being brutally like honest saying mm-hmm. what he means like yeah you should you should jump and then making her even when she changes her mind and mm-hmm. is like oh dude like i <laughs> my i might not be good with where i'm at but at least i'm not in your shoes you know and like having yeah. sort of a change of heart whether it's just in the moment or whatever but and then he makes her jump. Yeah. Yeah. And the irony is like he did save her from jumping. It's yeah, it, not he, yeah, he exactly. didn't intend to, but like she wasn't going to commit suicide and then he forced her. And I mean, I guess we don't see how far it goes. We do see his eyes light up, but like we don't know if she jumps to get away from him or I mean, I guess it doesn't really matter. Yeah. But, you know, we all there another suicide happens, too, because we see Stormfront has died which is just like the worst timing for this poor girl in the world. Yeah. And the fact that she knew, and I think why he's so hurt and so bothered by it and so upset by this is like, she knew it was his birthday because Mm -hmm. he had talked to her earlier Mm -hmm. and that she did this on his birthday and she had to have known Mm -hmm. like what this would be you know it'd be a public thing like it would be released and it would become public and uh, immediately because it's a big deal Mm -hmm. why do you think she did it i don't that's it's interesting i and i don't know if it's because she like he kind of turns on her Mm -hmm. in that like final like in those couple final conversations Mm -hmm. where he's disagreeing with her Mm -hmm. and is yeah, so maybe she's just doing it as like one last spiteful act. Yeah. I don't know. Man, it what? does seem very like like a conscious decision to, to do it that day. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And I mean, you know, she's a bad guy. So like, you know, she's not not nice. But like, and, what a way to go, though. Ooh. Yeah. But unless unless it was like staged. Oh, that's true. It could have been, you know, just like bot really trying to stick it to homelander 
I mean, I have no, this is like, I have no proof, but now I'm just like extra like, but did she, did she actually do that? Or did they kill her and stage a suicide? I mean, he's on the outs with everybody. Like Mr. Edgar does not give a fuck (laughs) about him anymore and is like very vocal about it. Like that's another moment where he's like, well, given the PR hole you've dug for yourself, like why are we even doing this farce? Like in front of everybody that's putting the show on, it's it's brutal. So yeah, I hadn't thought about that, but I mean, maybe. Just to like really put him in his place. Mm Because I got the impression like this is something they do every year. Even though we haven't seen it yet, it feels like this is an event that happens every year. Mm -hmm. And especially with, you know, his position and his ratings and his points and all of that that we know about. Like it wouldn't surprise me if they were like, yeah, we're going to do this. But like also fuck you, dude. And just kind of push. I mean, it seems like Stormfront was... uh, on the verge anyways right she wasn't doing too good she was not yeah not doing too good she couldn't Mm -hmm. even like move or speak the last time homelander saw her so sadly i don't think necessarily it would take much or maybe she just passed naturally and then they were like well yeah let's make this a bit more let's put this to you know make it useful for us in this moment right which is also it's still very cruel even though homelander's not a good dude to like to do that on his birthday yeah <laughs> his fake birthday well and because like it hits the news so like and like i don't think that it was intentionally like broken during this suicide thing no yeah but it was before his big thing and we hear somebody shout your nazi died like in the middle of this whole thing which first of all the way he is fucking with starlight is just like how he was fucking with mave you know it's like mm-hmm. anytime a woman is not like falling all over him or like giving him power he's got to find a way to put her down and i love that she calls it out because he's completely gaslighting her and she says this is just a way to make me feel like a sex doll which is exactly right Mm -hmm. um but then he and it's interesting that he's doing this with starlight because this reminded me so much of starlight's moment at the believe expo except it's for evil because this is finally when he's like fuck it. I'm just going to say what I think. You know, I am. And it ends with, you're not the real heroes. I'm the real hero, which, you know, he has been wanting to say for his entire life. Oh, my gosh. I know. Yeah, I was so proud of Starlight for, like, not buying into it and, like, Mm -hmm. seeing right through what he was doing. Because it Mm -hmm. did feel like he was just falling back on some of his old patterns of behavior and like this Mm -hmm. has worked for me in the past and i'm just gonna like try to you know i'm just gonna do this because this is what has always worked for me Mm -hmm. and for her to be like no yeah i don't think so Mm -hmm. to know and to know that she was in a position of relative power i guess Mm -hmm. and that especially at this time like no i have the upper hand here like Mm -hmm. you may think you do but all the polls are saying that like i do actually mm-hmm. um and then yeah to have you know edgar back her up of course just reinforces that but yeah that meltdown so good mm-hmm. and i mean yeah everybody myself included like it gave me goosebumps because mm-hmm. it really like i know it's a show <laughs> i know it's scripted <laughs> but also it's just like oh my god what is he gonna say next mm-hmm. like where is he going and I also found it very chilling because it cuts to it has a scene. Monique's boyfriend, like I don't remember his name. I don't either. 
dipshit but i, I think <laughs> yeah but i think that was a, like a really important thing that they showed because he's totally into it mm-hmm. and i think that's what's so interesting is you know homelander is going off the deep end saying all the things he should not be saying saying all the things that you know people probably know but that he's just openly confirming and admitting to mm-hmm. and people like his boyfriend are eating it up because mm-hmm. that's actually what they kind of want to hear right is somebody say those things yeah it's what they want to say too you know mm-hmm. and if he says it it gives them permission to say it and you know i don't want to talk too much about politics but i mean yeah. it, this is directly referencing a very prominent politician um, yeah. who says shit like this all the time and i mean i don't know how you experience it but i watch it and i'm like how is this not immediately unacceptable? Like, I don't want to be around people who act like this or who talk no, like this. Right. But to see people that just buy into it because that's what's going on in their own head and they want to be able to say it out loud and they can't, it's just, it just makes you see a different side of people. And I wonder, you know, we've already known that Monique's boyfriend and Janine, they're into yeah. superheroes, and you know that's fine. Like, there's they don't know what we know, mm-hmm. but just to see him just like eat this up is just it's just upsetting. Yeah, it's it's it, but also Anthony Starr was like, oh my god, he is. I <laughs> he mean, is so good in this episode. Like, he goes through it as a performer. Yeah. We see so many different sides of Homelander in this episode. And he nails it every time. He's amazing. He is. And I mean, you know, I feel like a broken record saying how good he is. But he is so fucking good in this role. Like so nuanced. And he can just like flip the dead eyes and just be really cruel, but really like pandering. And really, it's just, oh, it's just an incredible performance. Yeah. Um, you know, Randall would say, uh, who guessed it on our season one recap, um, you know, he's one of the best actors playing one of the best characters on TV. It just feels like one of these roles that like he was born to play and he is just crushing every single episode. And what surprises me, too, is that thinking back to like where we started with Homelander, it's not like he's like this is some drastic change or anything like we've seen a lot of these different sides of homelander Mm -hmm. but just how things are kind of amping up in various degrees like it's just really i'm just really impressed by how they've been able to continually represent this character to us that has been bad from the very moment you know from the very beginning and that's been very performative since the beginning like the very first moment that we see him we see how fake he is right Mm -hmm. in that opening scene with Maeve and just how silly he is and just living this superhero dream Mm -hmm. um but just how they've been able to just really explore this character in some really interesting ways that can just never cease to surprise me. I just, uh, yeah, I'm just so impressed by the writing and that they've been able to do that and how Anthony Starr is just owning this, Mm -hmm. like owning every part of this character. Oh, totally. I know. And I, I follow him on Instagram and you'll see pictures of him just like being a normal guy too. And that kind of puts it in perspective because he doesn't really seem like Homelander, but then you yeah. just watch his face. It's just, it's, it's perfection. Mm-hmm. Well, let's talk about 
we we get a little bit of Soldier Boy. We more than just pictures. We still have not actually met him, mm-hmm. but we see a little bit. We hear his voice. We see a picture of him hanging with Princess Diana, testifying <laughs> yeah. in front of Congress. How are you feeling about Soldier Boy? I mean, I liked getting a little bit more of his backstory, mm-hmm. kind of, you know, hearing the the cover story, right, for how he died, saving us, yeah, from a nuclear holocaust. <laughs> um, and hearing about his story, I was like, oh, okay, he is totally 100% like a Captain America, because that's a, yeah. like a lot of like Captain America's backstory mm-hmm. and like how he kind of came up. So that was, that was interesting to hear. Um, yeah, I'm also very like intrigued to learn what's you know what happens with him because mm-hmm. you know i have seen pictures of jensen ackles as this character so i'm assuming he's not dead <laughs> like i'm just assuming he's not dead and that he's gonna come back but also just how yeah how how that's gonna come about i don't know but i i'm excited to get these little like nuggets i guess mm-hmm. about about this character and how they're kind of parsing it out like you just get a little bit a little bit here a little bit there <laughs> yeah i listeners can't see me doing the i was zipping my lips and throwing the key away <laughs> but yeah and it's it's like he is such a charming actor too like i didn't really buy like i'd seen my funny my bloody valentine mm. Um, and I was like, yeah, Jensen Ackles, he's hot, but you know, whatever. Yeah. And then you watch him on Supernatural and he is so funny and mm. so, but so like hot and charming. And it's just like his comedic timing is perfect. And yeah. We don't see too much of it in this episode, but just like those little winks, you know, or just that little like kind of proud, like kind of shit eating grin, you know, it's yeah. just, I cannot wait. To talk more about him, let's talk about his lady love, though, because we do meet Crimson Countess. Did you recognize the actress playing her? Yes, I am spacing on her name, it's but Lori Holden. Wa- I just looked it yeah. up. Yeah. Okay. She yeah was in Walking Dead, mm-hmm. and I thought that was and like, the mist. Great. Yeah. Yes, the mist. Like just great casting. Mm-hmm. I think for this character, like it feels very fitting. Mm-hmm. I was. I guess I didn't. I think as I'm like comparing it too much to like the real world because I was like, oh, they're like the DC team. Mm -hmm. So it's like something totally separate. Mm -hmm. I didn't necessarily, maybe I missed it or just didn't realize that it's like, oh, wait, they were both like a Vought thing, which I guess it's like sounds stupid because it's like, well, yeah, Vought made this. Of course. Well, yeah, they're all all Vought. (laughs) For some reason, I thought they were like a competing industry team or something. Mm -hmm. And it was like, oh, no, wait, they're all under the same umbrella. They just had like two teams of the seven instead of like one um and so it was kind of it was very sad to see her at this uh land performing in this way like she was just like banished to these sad sort of Mm -hmm. like barely attended afternoon shows so that was kind of sad to see her in that state but also it's like yeah what happens to these yeah these these superheroes once they're uh I don't know. Once they're, they, yeah, they're no their longer. light has faded. I guess. Exactly. <laughs> and like, I don't know. I'm, I don't know. In the horror world, like we see a lot of this, like with conventions and stuff. Mm-hmm. And like, that's how people, a lot of uh, people who were in really big roles, but haven't really done a whole lot since then, like make a lot of money and, you know, get, get yours. But you know, yeah, it, it does feel like a far, far way to fall. But she's got the hit new single Chimps Don't Cry coming out soon. So <laughs> I'm sure she'll be back in the spotlight. 
Yeah, and I just, uh, I loved how into it Kamiko was. Oh, I know. You know, like yeah. she genuinely, and like the song, you know, the song also was very reminiscent of, you know, Never Truly Vanish. <laughs> yes, it was. So. It did sound very Never Truly Vanish. I was like, should we use this as our ending? Or was it like America's Son? I think. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's very similar, which makes sense because also marking the death of another fallen superhero. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so probably from the same uh, team who brought you Never Truly Vanish. They probably wrote this one as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, I. And she, what wasn't she also like snorting pills? It's like she just has to oh, like yeah. get, <laughs> just gotta get through her day, get through the tea party. Mm. <sighs> poor Crimson. I know. Yeah. Well, and poor Homelander guy that she explodes too because <laughs> that was a a gruesome little moment also. Um, which we can probably talk about more when we get to Kamiko because I think it it might tie into her story yeah. a little more. But we also meet another member of this payback team. And yeah, I hadn't really thought about it as like existing in different worlds, mostly just because I watched all of this before I was really thinking too much too deeply mm-hmm. about it. But yeah, I get the sense that it's like like varsity teams or something and like at some Mm -hmm. point like the the jv team became the varsity team and the varsity team just got older and kind of retired and there's probably like teams in like chicago and teams in la or something too so yeah yeah that makes sense um but we meet gunpowder at a vra convention which is uh did you see the little side for gal gear was to like a pink gun yep yeah, and it's like, makes great gifts. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, oh, yep. Of course it does, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> there's this, I was just reacting to this bathroom scene and just watching them both at the urinal. I was like, is this what boys do in the bathroom? Is this what it's yeah, like? Yeah, it's very strange. Mm-hmm. I don't understand. I don't think, from what I've heard, that's not what you're, like, don't, you don't you Yeah, you talk, don't talk you don't to people. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, again, hey, we are two girls talking about boy things like this is the point of our podcast. So, you know, I guess listeners, let us know what do you do in the bathroom? (laughs) But also like if a celebrity like you walk up just next to somebody as Butcher is pretending that he's a fan of gunpowder, I guess it's like, well, do you take this moment or do you just yeah, just never do you just never I don't know. Just let the moment pass and never let them know that you're their number one fan. Exactly. I do love, like, he is so clearly fucking with this guy, too, you know, Mm -hmm. but he's playing it off like he's a fan and he's just kind of a clueless, awkward fan. But I think there's a, 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 like, a hint of menace where Gunpowder's like, what's going on with this dude? You know, like, like, some part of him knows something is up, you know? Yeah. I do love the casting here because, you know, Sean Patrick Flannery from like Boondock Saints and things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I just, Which I didn't I, recognize him until he took his helmet off. And then I was like, oh, fuck, yeah, that's Sean Patrick. Flannery. I know. I didn't either. Yeah. I didn't recognize him until he took it off. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is funny because it's like, oh, it was just his hair that gave him away. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I, th- I think gunpowder has a really cool power, too, as much as like I do not like guns. I've never held one like I'm not a gun person. If you are more power to you just you know don't shoot me but like this power is pretty cool like he can control these bullets it's very like you said it's very matrix you know yeah like he just is able to kind of yeah like the physics of where they're gonna go and just Mm -hmm. make those quick decisions i guess and have yeah good 
aim. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Does that a superpower? How does that work? I don't know. I guess. I mean, yeah. Clearly. Yeah. It, it's it's definitely a different one than anything we've really seen so yeah. far, you know. Um, although I guess, you know, you could say that about like Starlight has to have energy to produce her power. Right. And uh, Lamplighter would have to have fire. So I guess he just has to have a bullet or like a projectile or something. I wonder if he could do the same thing with like an arrow. Yeah, something. that's what I was wondering. It's like, it does this skill translate and he just likes guns? Yeah. So that's what he uses to kind of like channel his power. Mm-hmm. Uh Because, yeah, what if he wasn't, like, into guns? And he's like, oh, this is my power? Great. Exactly. Yeah, what are you (laughs) going to do? But I guess it makes sense that he's leaning into that Mm -hmm. um, as we see at the convention and endorsing some people (laughs) using his platform. Yeah. (laughs) Mm -hmm. That would be cool. That would be cool. Rubber bands. He could rubber shoot rubber bands, bands at people. <laughs> really like a slingshot or something or a BB gun or something. I guess that's still a gun, but. Uh, water uh, balloons. Ping pong. What if he's a really good ping pong player? <laughs> yeah. See, See? I don't know. Yeah. Does it it's not all guns? about the guns. <laughs> um, but I think one thing that is really interesting here and it you know we didn't really talk about how homelander treats a train i'm sure we'll talk about that when we get to a train but we've seen a lot of this bullying from a team captain and we get hints of that when they're talking about this abuse that he reported from soldier boy that he was kind of the the robin to his batman he was like yeah at 14 he was like the the teen sidekick and you know homelander is no Butcher's implying that it's some kind of like pedophilia stuff, but mm-hmm. what? I, and I, I believe him. What I hear is it's just ha- he says hazing that went too far, which is yeah. not okay. But yeah, it's just kind of that's not what you want to hear about Jensen Ackles, <laughs> you know? Or right? Like, you know? Or or like a Captain America coded like superhero, you know? Yeah, and just like okay, this kind of way of operating is systemic which we already knew but just like how far does it go back it didn't start with homelander like you know in theory this is something homelander learned from somebody else it's just the kind of this the cycle repeats right yeah um and it's just interesting to think about like oh yeah maybe this maybe it originated with soldier boy maybe it didn't but Mm -hmm. just that this is kind of just how uh gross these groups of superheroes have been for forever it seems like yeah superpower corrupts super mm-hmm. super lootly maybe <laughs> yes <laughs> um anything else you want to talk about with gunpowder because we got two more characters that we got to talk about i i did think it was interesting as we'll see well well when we saw with um at Vaultland with crimson mm. countess mm. and kind of the um very blatant performative kind of uh displays that they had there at that sort of disneyland stand-in and then to see gunpowder at this other sort of convention Mm. also very vault related that would directly kind of contradict everything that we just saw at vaultland yeah brave maves inclusive kingdom Yep, and just mm. kind of the 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 pride of it all. Yeah, and the veggie then tacos too. The woke walk. 
this was one of them. I was like, oh my God, they're not even trying to hide this. Oh my gosh, I missed that. Was that like a ride? <laughs> it no, it was like a like a food stand oh, thing. Walk. Like with Oh my god. Yeah, W W O K. Walk. I fucking love the show so much. <laughs> like yeah not even trying to hide it but then countering it with this convention it just we already knew this right but it's just further proof that Va is playing to both sides of the aisle and Mm -hmm. is just completely morally agnostic with where they stand they don't actually believe or support either one Mm -hmm. they're just using it as a business move to just we're just going to appeal to everybody and we're just going to say and do whatever we need to do Mm -hmm. to get them on our side and they're just going to be too um dumb i guess on all sides to like realize what we're doing (laughs) yes or they'll be too into what we're giving them you know we're going to give them the candy and they won't realize that we're giving everybody candy you know Mm -hmm. so i thought that was interesting yeah i hadn't really thought about that too um Although we have, like, there is a character that we've talked quite a bit about being, like, morally agnostic or kind of um, ethically bankrupt, and that is Mr. Edgar. We get some very interesting moments with him. Um, We've already talked about him standing up for Starlight, which, again, like, it's it's good that he did that, but it's it's like the Brave Mave Inclusive Kingdom. Like, he's just doing it because it benefits him right now. But I do feel a little more sympathy for him in this episode because we got to talk about Nadia slash um, Victoria Newman yeah. as we find out who she called, and it was Mr. Edgar. Yeah, not what I would have guessed, to be honest. Yeah, I did not see, like, this level of relationship between them. Yeah, so apparently Nadia, when she was, you know, a bit little head-popping baby. Oh, she, oh my God, those parent the, the parents' photos? I was like, oh, Oh, yeah, even God. Starlight was like, oh, God. Right, exactly. <laughs> like, how terrifying. Oh, my God, yeah. Making, I have like, kids. why? Mm-hmm. <laughs> also, maybe don't but, inject your kids with V, though, you know. Yeah, that's true. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, but to see that it was Mr. Edgar that came and adopted her at a certain but she looked a little older mm-hmm. um she looked like she was like you know preteen or early teens when he became involved but that he's been raising her this kind of this whole time which i thought was super interesting knowing what we know about her now and her involvement with politics and kind of what she's been doing with huey it's like okay wait is this all been just like a deeply orchestrated plan to destroy Vought from the inside out. Like, is Mr. Edgar playing the long con here on Vought to, like, raise and nurture this, you know, this woman and this superhero to just, like, okay, if we do this right, we can use you to just destroy things from the inside, which I like to think. I'm not entirely convinced yet that's what he's doing, mm-hmm. but it kind of seems that way. <laughs> It, yeah, because, like, she was the really vocal one against soups in the military, too. So you would uh-huh. think, and you get the sense that he, you know, if he has raised her, he is, I don't want to say pulling the strings, but, like, they are working together. But, yeah, for what end? Or, you know, is it the other side? Is she, like, infiltrating Congress and, like, a oh, plant yeah. on, I, I would say, the Democratic side, mostly just because of, you know, AOC but like yeah you know is is maybe she's I don't know maybe it's that side but we just don't know 
but the scene with his with her daughter is so sweet and Mm -hmm. i mean he did give her a home you know so i think it's the most sympathy i've ever had for mr edgar in this episode yeah i'm like uh hesitantly like oh wait is he is he a secret good guy? Is he a secret? Is he a secret Spice Girl? <laughs> is he a secret Spice Girl? Yeah, I mean, I these categories are blending together. Like uh-huh. in this, I mean, I know we're only in episode two, but like in this season, it's blending together so much more than I think it really ever has before, you know? Yeah. How are you feeling about Victoria Newman in this episode too? She's got a really kind of um, menacing moment with Huey too. Yeah, she definitely, I think, uh, thinks that he knows something, which mm-hmm. she would be correct. But yeah. it's definitely, she's like, okay, wait, you were late. Like, where are you? Mm-hmm. Like, mm. I think she's also, she didn't want to be in that position with her friend. Like, mm-hmm. she, I don't think she saw it coming. I think it caught her off guard. Yeah. And she strikes me as somebody who's very organized, very, like, plan-oriented. And so having something like that happened to her i mean clearly she didn't necessarily handle it well by having to you know do that pop his face off in Mm. in public um but also because huey witnessed him calling her nadia right Mm -hmm. and so she knows it's weird Mm -hmm. she's just trying to like gauge how weird did huey find that like do i need to worry about this which she does. <laughs> yeah, she does. And, you know, she seems pretty smart and she is a woman of color in politics. So mm-hmm. I feel like she's probably pretty good at reading people. And, you know, luckily Starlight comes to save the day. And maybe that can move us into our next category, which is Spice yeah. Girls. I want to talk about, um, let's talk about Huey and Starlight kind of together. We've already talked about Starlight with the, the be- I kept wanting to say the Believe Expo, the, uh, the birthday <laughs> thing. But yeah, she shows up and in a fake argument turns into a real argument. I feel like we kind of get the funhouse mirror version of last episode where they were so sweet together, even with the jar that he can't seem to open. And then he smashes it in his hand. Um, And it just I don't I don't want to see these two fight. They were so happy. Like, can't they just be happy for a minute? You know? Yeah. And the thing is, like, I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing. It's mm-hmm. just like the honeymoon phase is over. Yeah. Right. It has been like, a year. Ha- yeah, you're right. Yeah. It's it's been a year. And also it seems like everything was kind of going in an upward direction. And as is want to happen, you know, things are maybe not going as great as they were before. And so mm-hmm. that's revealing some traits in both of them that maybe they didn't they were trying to hide or pretend Mm -hmm. or just kind of like bask in this bliss of their early public relationship Mm -hmm. but i but what i do think is nice is like when we see huey kind of break down in the car and kind of admit that like i thought you know i things everything was going my way like Mm -hmm. ugh. Like, you know, Newman pulled the wool over my eyes like I'm such an idiot and just kind of admit that she fooled him, which is not his fault. Mm -hmm. But just to have to, like, reckon with that. That's like a really sweet kind of moment of honesty, I Mm -hmm. think, there. And it's like, yeah, you know, 
you should be able to be vulnerable with your, you know, with your partner in that way. And so it's nice. And it's nice to see that Starlight is still like, she's there and supporting him. And even though there's things where she's like, why didn't you wait for me? Why didn't you, you know, she's, they're not in the best place, but she's also ultimately there for him when the chips are down so yeah yeah he says uh what a goddamn joke i am which just like hits you right in the heart especially because like he seems to have come so far and i think it just it's a crisis of confidence again and i think you know starlight's got her own shit that she's dealing with so i wonder if like things were going more smoothly like in the off season that we didn't see if she would have been able to be a little more supportive. We also have supersonic and I think Huey is feeling very um, uh, threatened by this dreamy boy band um, (laughs) (laughs) retiree. Um, But yeah, and so he does, uh, he calls up uh, Butcher and he comes clean to him and it's so interesting and, and maybe this can kind of lead us into talking about Butcher because this moment at the end when Butcher is coming to say, you were right, let's do mm-hmm. it your way. And Huey says the other thing. He's He says, well, he says the same thing. He says, no, you were right. Let's do it right. your way. And it's like, well, maybe there's somewhere in between that you guys can find and like make this work. But but it's the boys and we know that's not going to happen. But yeah. I mean, it's got to be really disillusioning, I think, for Huey. Like, he really genuinely thought, like, there is a way to do this work on the up and up mm-hmm. and to do it properly and to be responsible with this and then to find out, like, oh, no, my boss is also a soup. So, like, it's all like just a big fraud, you know, like, yeah. it's all just like, it's all fake. It's all a facade. We've seen lots of facades in this episode, and this is just one more. So to feel like all this work and just kind of feel embarrassed a little bit mm-hmm. that you actually believed that this was working and that you made the right decision. And it's, mm-hmm. it's not even that he didn't make the right decision. It's just not what he thought it was. Yeah. Um, and same thing with Butcher. It's not that he made the right or wrong decision. It just didn't turn out the way he thought it was. So yeah, I don't necessarily think that them saying like, you were right. It's like, well, yes and no. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, it, it took a lot of guts, I think, for both of them to say that, though, to each other. And by both of them saying it to each other, you're right. It's like they meet in the middle a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And I do think it speaks to what they've been through together, the fact that they were both able to say that without, like, Butcher kind of comes to him with his head in his hands. You know, he does feel very low in that moment, but, like, not because of Huey. I don't feel like he is cowed mm-hmm. because of Huey's power. And I don't feel like no. the butcher, I don't feel like it's that way either. It's just that they've realized that they've tried to do it on their own and they are better together, which, you know, we're getting the band back together. So I know. I'm always happy about that. Um, oh gosh, there was one thing I was going to say. Yeah. Well, and so if you follow that logical train of thought like if I were Huey I think it's a crisis of his own confidence but like a crisis of confidence about like the world and reality because you're right like he thought this was a way to do this kind of work legitimately mm-hmm. and he finds that no nothing is real nothing is what I thought soups are everywhere and so the logical conclusion to that is like Vought can't exist or like soups can't exist without Vought falling and vice versa. Like Vought can't fall until the soups all fall. 
because there is no way to untangle that mess. It's there. They've created a system where some people have more power than others. And there Mm -hmm. is no way to overcome that without taking that power back, which would be fine if he wasn't dating a superhero, you know? So it's just, it's such a tangled web. I don't know if he's really thought that far down the road yet, but like, it's gotta be a mind fuck of like, I thought, I thought I was doing it and yeah. that road just doesn't, it was just all a lie. Um, well, and so let's, let's talk about butcher because this is, uh, you know, other than not without my dolphin, which is the fun, most exciting <laughs> moment. Like yeah, there, we cross a big line in this episode. Butcher has some mm-hmm. powers. So tell me how you're feeling about butcher in this episode. I mean, it's so cool to see just, you know, that he did that. But Mm -hmm. yeah, that's a big step for Butcher to take just with how he feels about all these, you know, the soups and everything. But I, I mean, I ultimately think that Ryan kind of pushed him over the edge into making that decision. Like, oh, my God, he makes that Lego video to the voicemail and just like, you know, Prior to that moment, it did feel like Butcher thought that he had nothing to live for, no no purpose, Mm -hmm. you know, nothing that's going to, like, fuel him to do work of any kind. Um, He was just kind of wallowing, which is fine. Mm -hmm. But then after talking to Ryan and after watching that video, he kind of understands the stakes Mm -hmm. and what he's going for and that this is something that I have to do. Mm Mm-hmm. And so, like, it's cool to see him have those powers. And honestly, like, however Butcher feels about soups, you know that he was like, oh, hell yeah. Oh, <laughs> totally. Awesome. Well, yeah. It's like, finally, it's why I want to have pyrokinesis, you know? It's like, it would be so fucking cool, like, to have that kind of power, especially when you are watching people day in and day out who have physically more power than you, and you, like, your entire life revolves around trying to outsmart them, and now the playing field is leveled, you know? Right. Yeah. And I did think it was kind of interesting that he basically has the same powers as Homelander. Yes, he does. That is very interesting. Like, apart from the flight thing, but just, you know, I don't know. Maybe we just haven't seen that. But other than that, it's like, oh, wait, are you, like, Homelander, dude? Which is very appropriate because we kind of see them becoming more and more similar. Mm-hmm. Even though, you know, they are clearly mortal enemies. Yes. Um, but they've, they've got a Venn diagram that overlaps oh yes, a little more than others sometimes. Yeah. A lot, yeah, a lot more alike than either of them will ever want to admit. But mm-hmm. yeah, the yeah. V well, also thinks that they're similar. Yeah, <laughs> at a genetic exactly. Core level. <laughs> yeah, they're like the, the opposite spectrum of the show, you know, and I think that's kind of, it's like that dichotomy that holds it all together. So it's just, it feels so like serendipitous for him to have mm-hmm. those same powers. And also, you know, that's got to kind of fuck with his mind too. Like, oh, am I just like Homelander? Like, am I going to become like Homelander? Um, yeah. Did you see that coming at all? 
I didn't I didn't know what the powers he would have. No, I did anticipate that he would take it because mm-hmm. I think Maeve had a good point. Like if you're going to get anything out of these people, you're going to have to meet them on their level. Yeah. And you're not going to be able to do that. Like they're not going to be threatened by you. Like you're right, just exactly. a human. Like what? Like, uh, OK, you can't shoot me. You can't like we can't fight it out. Like there's nothing you can do to hurt me. So why would I tell you this secret that they've been keeping for how long? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Decades. Yeah. Um. So well, it makes you know, sense that he, he didn't would take miss it. on purpose too. You know, like he, like just clipped his cheek to send him a message. Like I don't think he yeah. wanted to kill him. You know, yeah. Like I, you're, you know, I can, I can find you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, um, and so, yeah, it, it was cool to see him have those powers, but I didn't expect them to be the same or like very similar. So that was, but, but I, I I'm not mad at it. Like oh, I think yeah. it's kind of cool, and I like what that is saying. I guess in the bigger bigger picture of the show mm-hmm. yes me too and also it's like Chekhov's temp v like don't show me those green vials if nobody's gonna take them you know <laughs> that's like, true yeah i want to see Just... this shit <laughs> mm-hmm. um oh you know what something we forgot to mention um when talking about huey is they're going to red river the red river center because, you know, yeah. they want to adopt and Huey's uh, spunks all. all. <laughs> I just love him going undercover. It reminds me of, again, the Believe Expo. Like when mm-hmm. he's... He's so witty. Like I would never be able to respond that like on the spot, like you're ca- caught and he just has this cover story. <laughs> uh, and it's always so like, self-deprecating uh... too. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's always him, you know, just being in some embarrassing scenario that he can't get out of. And mm-hmm. please, yeah, like, just help me or whatever. Like, I'll reveal this to you. And so, yeah, I loved the story. I also, it, I don't know, it was kind of sweet. It was almost like telling on himself a little bit, too, because it's mm-hmm. like, oh, is this what something you're thinking about? Like, really you know, kids with starlight. That's so cute. It would be so cute. That would be so beautiful, too. <laughs> Yeah. Did you notice one of the names of the kids? Oh, yes. Freaked out. Yes. Like, oh, that's what happened to Teddy. Yes. He's still around. Teddy. He's teleporting, too. I was like, well, of course, Madeline gave him temp fee. I don't know why I didn't think about that. Back I didn't then, either. You know? I legitimately, like, just, yeah, just assumed she, you know, having a baby on her own. But yeah, of course, mm-hmm. Madeline was going to make her kid a superhero if she can like yeah of yeah, course of she course would she would yeah um yeah and i love just kind of the visual hints about how dangerous it is to have superhero kids and just kind of the throwaway like oh with a superhero mother you have much less uh chance of parental fatality just like jeez. <laughs> I know. Also, something I didn't really think about, like, oh, yeah, just because they have these powers doesn't mean they know how to control them. Mm -hmm. Well, we heard Lamplighter say, like, he burned his house down when he was, like, four or something, you know, so. But it's still, like, in just noticing, like, she had that that brace on her knee, too, and just, Mm -hmm. like, I I mean, they're doing the Lord's work. They're taking care of those kids, you know. Oh, my gosh. Insane. Like, they couldn't. Yeah, but also, you know, it's like not like they could give the V to kids when they're older because of the whole because of the spiel about them being like born, Mm -hmm. you know. Oh, Oh, yeah. Uh Well, and, you know, I think with the Sage Grove Center, like sometimes they would just like explode or something or did they kill them or just, yeah, kind of present itself. And well, 
that's something. I don't know right. if it's a superpower, exactly. but it's Exactly. You have a real big dick, and <laughs> yeah. you know, I guess somebody's going to like that. It's almost like maybe they shouldn't inject people with experimental drugs, you know, and yeah. you know, create a mutant sub, sub race of <laughs> subset of there, humans or something. But there's money to be made. I know. <laughs> What about capitalism? Yeah, can't have capitalism <laughs> fail. No, we sure can't have that. Um, all right, let's let's talk about A Train real quick. Not a whole lot to say about him, except uh, he's got a new video game coming out soon. <laughs> I loved Ashley's reaction to that when she was like, "Wait, <laughs> um, is that a video game about the slave trade?" Oh my gosh. <laughs> Yeah, Ashley in this this episode, like I don't really have her on a list, but she just is just perfection every time she's mm-hmm. on screen. Yeah. Also, mm-hmm. we have um non-white Ashley also, which was uh oh, of course she was brought in for this meeting too. So yeah, so A Train pitches uh, a lot of very um very um black stuff. You know, he's really yeah. trying to lean into his roots for better or yeah. worse. Which, you know, it- it's funny because he has that conversation with the marketing guy, mm-hmm. like in the hall, who's clearly like super embarrassed to even be presenting this these ideas because oh, yeah. he understands that like it. I mean, because it is like very performative, mm-hmm. and the timing is. But I, I don't gen. I like I genuinely don't necessarily think that Adrian's thinking of it like that. I think he's just desperate to find. Like he knows that he's not in the physical shape or has the powers to kind of maintain this for indefinitely like he's not mm-hmm. going to be able to i don't know like rebound to what he was mm-hmm. physically so he's just trying to like okay how else can i stay relevant and stay mm-hmm. on people's radar and you know what do i have to like work with here mm-hmm. and this is what he came up with yeah so and that's the thing. It's not necessarily bad. And we, you know, we're recording this on the first day of Black History Month. So like, it, it's not that like, these programs are bad. It's it's like you said, it's just so performative. And yeah, you know, it's it, it clearly I think he's looking at it in, as a self serving thing. I also think like he has lost a little bit of connection with his brother. Um, mm-hmm. He lost Pop Claw. So I think he's really kind of just looking for something. He lost the Church of the Collective, you know? <laughs> yeah. Although, and I don't think he was ever really in it, but. No, I think it was just like. He's too smart for that. <laughs> curious more than anything. Collective how, how can I? Yeah. <laughs> how can I use this to get back in the seven? How can I use them, not right. have them use me, which is mm-hmm. what ended up with the deep, obviously. Um, it, it's What's interesting about A-Train is like he does have a really interesting story. Yeah. Like he does have a really interesting background that I think is super powerful mm-hmm. that he could use, like his family and where he came from and like but he's not using that so that's kind of, it's just kind of sad that he doesn't actually see that he does have these things mm-hmm. he doesn't have to literally go all like he doesn't have to go to africa to like you know make people like him mm-hmm. or to feel relevant and you know like be proud of who he is yeah like there's so much more there that is really powerful that I think would mean a lot, but he's like just 
I don't know, going too far with it. And yeah. so it's just kind of sad to like see him have blinders on it that way. It's like you have all the tools here, actually, that would, you know, Ashley would probably be like, yeah, let's tell that story. But like, yeah, the slave. No, no. we're not. <laughs> we can't yeah. do that. <laughs> and I do wonder, I, I do think Ashley would be receptive to that because I think it would be a, a more doable thing. But I wonder if he's. He knows like if it's not big and flashy, if there's not a way for them to make money, they're not going to care. You know, it's just him kind of trying to make this system work for him in a way that I don't think it ever really is going to work. Mm -hmm. I do like his his just throw a little line like, well, you don't have a dick. (laughs) You know, it's very cruel, but it's also very funny. (laughs) It's like the moment where he was like, oh, yeah, we're going to adopt a kid. You know, there are just a couple of like really quiet moments of humor in this episode, you know? Yeah. Well, let's let's talk about M.M. We have a I, I really wanted to start this episode talking about M.M., but there's just so much that happens in this episode. But like this is this is a big M.M. episode. I fucking love it. We learn mm-hmm. a little bit more about him. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I mother effing do do love it. Um, <laughs> it's so cute to watch the two of them like I try know. not to cuss in front of Janine. And Butcher is so sweet to him when he comes to visit. Like he's not sweet, but he's as sweet as Butcher gets. He's like, right. Yeah. You're doing a good job. I understand. I'll leave you alone. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's MM. I... <laughs> he's trying so hard. I know. And what I think is interesting about MM is he sees, like, he recognizes his behaviors mm-hmm. and he's acknowledging his behaviors and he's trying really hard to work on his behaviors. You know, he has a really sweet conversation with Monique that, like, is one of the more touching moments so far in this entire series, I think. I agree. Because mm-hmm. it just feels so real and him just it being, like, able to admit, like, I've upped my meds. I'm doing everything I can. Like, I'm really struggling. Mm-hmm. And I think he's, you know, it's he's scaring him. Yeah. Um, Because he's trying so hard not to repeat the same pattern as his dad, mm-hmm. but also can't help it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting yeah. because, you know, we we know that he has OCD and, you know, he we see him shaking. He's talking about intrusive thoughts, which... You know, when I because I have OCD and I always thought it was obsessive cleaning, which Mm -hmm. I think we do see him demonstrate that. And like we see him line up all of the news articles, but he also talks about intrusive thoughts. And that's the thing I learned about OCD is that it's the the cleaning and the lining up. Those are a way to call. That's a response to the intrusive thoughts. So he yeah. starts talking about having bad thoughts again and the ticks and the convulsions and like, you know, my own hand will shake sometimes when I'm getting real like, uh, mm. yeah, just there's a lot of feelings, you know. Yeah. Um, and so to see him try to deal with that. And he he's also we said he's upping his meds, which is is hard too, you know, Um, but it's interesting. It's like. He, I do think this is a really, really sweet moment. It's a very real and human moment. And he is one of the few characters that I feel like he is really trying to do everything right. Like, yes, he yeah. lied to Monique, but that's really the only thing he's ever really done wrong. But he just has been born with the deck stacked against him in a way the others haven't. You know, mm-hmm. their problems come from 
the outside world or they come from things that other people are doing and how they are emotionally feeling about this. And MM has this disease inside his head that is mm. what is keeping him, you know, and he, and he hasn't done anything wrong. He can't control it. He's trying his best and it's just, it kind of breaks your heart, but it's also so sweet to see Monique say, you know, I, I, she's essentially saying, I can't be with you, but I still love you and I care about you. And, and he says, Janine will be waiting, which I think is, is what he needs to hear is like, if I do this, can I, if I be who I am, if I do the thing I'm good at, will you still love me in a way that means that I still get to see my daughter? And she says, yes. And I think that's, yeah, it's really sweet. And she also understands, like, that's what he needs. Yeah. Like, right now, like, he needs to go and work this out mm-hmm. because he is not, I mean, as long as we've known him, like, he's had this secret and he's been working on this, you know, tracking, what, who we, what we now know as Soldier Boy. Mm-hmm. Like, I've had this just churning investigation going on in the background and she knows that like this is never going to be finished Mm -hmm. until it's finished yeah so he needs to go do this and being able to support him and recognize that it's just yeah it's just a really sweet depiction of two people that yeah can't know that they can't be together but also like just know each other so well Mm -hmm. and are supportive of each other it's just yeah i just just not not something you always see and it's not especially from somebody as strong and capable as mm as we've seen to just mm-hmm. have a really vulnerable moment like this is really powerful to see this character presented in this way yeah and i mean even just to see a character like mm have mental illness i think is really powerful yeah. too you know it's not yeah. you know strong people deal with it too and and it's also like a really interesting or a really sweet look at co-parenting too. Like yeah. when you're not together, but you still, cause I mean, if they didn't have a child together, you know, she could just kind of hang up the phone and say, I wish mm-hmm. you well, but farewell. But I think they are really trying to work together to give Janine a good life. And I also don't think he's talking to her to get permission for this either. I think he is just talking to her cause he doesn't know what to do. And he's like, yeah, I know you will understand. And mm-hmm. I just need to know. So yeah, she, it sounds like she knows, like, the whole back history. Like, he alludes yeah. to, like, we've talked about. So it's like he's clearly been very open with her. It's not like the whole thing about his dad and Soldier Boy is a secret to her. Like, mm-hmm. she's, you know, in on this whole obsession and story about his family. So, yeah. And not everybody else is, right? I think Butcher is. But outside of that, he's kept it pretty close to the chest, it seems like. Like, yeah. he opens up a little bit to... You know, last season with Starlight and Huey, but he doesn't tell them all the details. So yeah. it seems like there's very, very few people in his life that he feels comfortable sharing that information with. And Butcher and Monique are two of those people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is a really sweet moment, too, where you kind of see the connection with Butcher, too, you know, mm-hmm. especially after he has left. Like if like Butcher, I could understand being upset about that, especially what we know about Butcher and how he handles his emotions. But um, <laughs> it it's another nice moment where he's like, hey, I understand you're doing what you have to do. And it's almost like those two people understanding and saying, you get to make the choice is what mm-hmm. really kind of empowers him to say, I I am going to come back because I know it's the right thing to do, not because I'm being bad or you're like blackmailing right. me, you know? 
Yeah. But yeah, we do learn a little bit more about um, his connection to Soldier Boy. Not a ton, and I don't mm-hmm. want to say anything. What's your impression of what? why he is um, obsessed with uh, Soldier Boy? Well, it sounds like, I mean, there were some of the articles that says like, you know, like a family was caught in some crossfire. Mm-hmm. And I it sounded like his dad was a lawyer. So I think his dad was kind of trying. It's, it felt like it, he was almost trying to do like what Huey mm-hmm. was doing, like hold these people, this company, these soups accountable. Mm-hmm. And ultimately that pursuit ended up killing him. Mm-hmm. And it just almost feels like MM is like, well, I have to I'm going to finish what he started. Like, I'm going to hold them accountable in my own way yeah yeah <laughs> maybe not the legal way <laughs> yeah maybe the butcher way which i mean we found out the legal way kind of sucks so you know yeah not not working out so great yeah well there, there's two more people i want to talk about again two of the sweetest people in this entire show kimiko and frenchie i think man frenchie is so dreamy in this episode i just love him they are like fully communicating now yeah. it's really sweet and kimiko she just wants to go to Vatland. i just want her to have a nice day you know i was like no go yeah. on the roller coaster first because you know what know. kind of shit's gonna go down i know frenchie that was yeah that was not like i get it but also like come yeah. on <laughs> Yeah, when has the boys' shit ever gone well? You know? Yeah, like what did you think was gonna happen? Right. That was not you knew that was gonna go that way. Yeah, yeah. I love seeing Kami. I've really enjoyed, I guess, seeing just Kamiko kind of. I don't know, just kind of coming into her own in a way, mm-hmm. and just figure out what she likes, mm-hmm. and to kind of be able to feel comfortable in this group, and to really just settle in and like i i just it's been so nice seeing her open up and you know like when she's just like i like your music and oh and i'll like like, you just like she's smiling like Mm -hmm. she's happy and i just like seeing her happy and also just being able to you know say like talk about her brother and how you know she why she's so interested in some of these things because she didn't have it as a kid and like those are really vulnerable conversations to have with somebody Mm -hmm. um but that you know she feels comfortable having them with frenchie and that he you know listens to her and understands and kind of just helps her put it into perspective and you know oh it's not your fault that that guy exploded because (laughs) she you know uh she threw a fireball at him but she's also not wrong either that yeah, they're never going to forget that day. Yeah. Ever. Well, and it's so sweet when, like, she's looking at that little brother and sister, and it's like he knows exactly what she's thinking, you know, and he right. just kind of says mon and puts his hand on her shoulder and, you know. But it feels like they are in a really good place right now, too, because she is able to say this. Like, she's not shutting down. She's not, like, becoming an assassin, you know. Yeah. Um, it's it, – it, and she just says, like – I'll never be a normal girl who likes roller coasters. I'm broken and I can never be fixed, which is just like, it just punches you right in the gut because Mm -hmm. of this V. And she, you know, we know she didn't have any control over that. Like, not that most people did, but that I think it was especially, she was especially a victim of this. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, I don't want to say anything else, but, you know, that's not the end of this conversation. (laughs) So, okay. 
Um, well, let's talk, and maybe that can lead us into good versus evil, because I think that is something that you have, and I yeah. didn't like that. that, that was you. No, right? yeah, I did. Okay. Yeah, I just, I thought it was just really interesting when she said that, because I think this episode really just shows how, like, basically broken <laughs> all of these characters are, like, mm-hmm. especially in this moment, like, every single one of them, just normie humans, superheroes, like, everybody is broken mm-hmm. in one way or another or deeply flawed or struggling in some way. And it's just really interesting to see kind of the different depictions of how all of these characters are coping with that. Mm-hmm. You know, whereas Homelander just kind of goes in one direction and then you have kind of Kamiko going in the other direction or mm-hmm. Huey just breaking down in a car with Starlight for a minute. It's just I it's just really interesting because we get all these characters in all these different places with all these different abilities and all these different walks of life and yet, you know, you know, like I said, you never know what somebody's going through mm-hmm. and it's just, yeah, I don't know. I just thought it was very kind of melancholic almost, mm-hmm. this episode. It felt very, like, emotional and very sweet, but also kind of sad. <laughs> yeah, and it's such an interesting balance because there are such big, hilarious but shocking moments, too. But then there are these really quiet moments of, like, I'm broken, you know, and I, yeah. think, I think you're exactly right. We see a lot of different characters kind of try to grapple with that. And interest, like, ironically, it's like, it's just another example of like, vulnerability is actually strength. And right. we see Homelander at the end, and he's saying, no, I'm, I mean, he is being vulnerable with them, you know, it's 100%. It's bad. But like this, I think this is the most powerful he's felt in a really long time. And, um, you know, the same thing with like Kamiko, like you don't, she is being vulnerable, but you get the sense that she is on stable ground, you know, Huey mm-hmm. too, like they're not falling apart in ways that yeah. we've seen them fall apart before, you know? Right. And expressing this vulnerability, expressing mm-hmm. these feelings is actually what's bringing them together. Yeah. Even Homelander, right? Like he's saying some really terrible things but that vulnerability in that moment where he truly gives no fucks and Mm -hmm. is just expressing these kind of shocking ideas i'm it's one of my predictions is that it's going to work in his favor and it's going to draw people towards him like having the guts to say those things that's what's bringing all these people together what's going to bring the boys back together what's like Mm -hmm. it's it's not their strength. It's not their like it, exhibitions of power or by pretending like everything's perfect, right? With Starlight, it's actually these moments that everybody's falling apart that's going to make everybody stronger. Yeah. Well, and if we think about like what prompted Butcher to actually call Huey and say and to make that connection too, it's watching this video with Ryan and I think really mm-hmm. allowing himself to kind of grieve for Becca. And yeah. like we have a moment where he's like, she doesn't care what I do. She's dead. I think he's really starting to process that in a way that we've watched him like reject for the last two seasons too. So mm-hmm. yeah, 
Um, and it's again just kind of the show playing with what strength actually is, which yeah. I think is what makes it such a such a great show because it does have like not without my dolphin. It's like that's what's gonna pull you in, but <laughs> exactly. it's like this nuanced stuff. That's what keeps you coming back, you know? Yeah. Um, and it's again like I don't know. There's no other show that I have been willing to dedicate this much of my time to talking about. So you know, there's they're doing something right. Yeah. Let's talk about shock and awe. So I I wrote, it's here, not without my dolphin. I was so fucking excited to talk about this. Um, but also, did you catch that Dame Judy Dench is going to be a presenter at Homelander's um, birthday celebration? Oh, yeah. Like that whole like spiel of like bands that were performing. It was just so funny. And so I wonder if anybody was like, what? I would never do Exactly. I would never like what was it like semi-sonic or something like we would never perform at Homelander's birthday man like way to get me like if I were famous I would do a cameo on this fucking show in a second like I would be begging them because you know they're going to give you something like chimps don't cry to do (laughs) and it's going to be the greatest day you just get to come hang out with a whole bunch of hot people do some funny shit Uh, be ridiculous yeah exactly and you know get talked about on a podcast (laughs) yeah till the end of time um but yeah you also mentioned we already talked about Rev River Institute but yeah, you mentioned some some another rip from the headlines moment with uh, Storm Chaser and these tiki torches, which is just oh yeah, it could have literally been actual news footage. Oh yeah, and I just you know thought that was a very interesting um, line to draw to Stormfront's death because mm-hmm. um, yeah, that's accurate. It sure <laughs> probably. Is. Mm-hmm probably would have likely happened in that scenario as one as the as well as the one that happened in in real life yeah well and i mean look even us we were like what if it was a conspiracy what if somebody killed her you know like Mm -hmm. so yeah it's and i mean we know vat so you know we know also it's fictional so it's exactly (laughs) but you know (laughs) yeah 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 you can see them being like oh there's no way yeah. Also, we were able to talk about it without um, grabbing our tiki torches and being super racist True. and, um, you know, <laughs> zealous, zealous. I don't know what the word I'm looking for is, but awful, maybe. That's, yeah, that works. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You can just kind of say, hey, I wonder. And also, like, it's it's not really your life. So who cares? Right. You know? But yeah, that was a chilling moment. I had forgotten about that moment in our recent history. And just brought it all back. So. Yeah, brought it all back. Yeah. Which, and I mean, we're recording this episode in 2024, so it's going to be a year. Um, <laughs> for better or worse. Well, let's choose our fighter. So, Rachel, who is your MVP of the episode? My my, I mean, my MVP was MM for this one. I mean, there's a lot of good moments, a lot of good character development here. But MM, I just... I just thought it was really beautiful and very sweet mm-hmm. and such a, like, just, I don't know, wonderful way to kind of let us into this character that we've gotten bits and pieces of as we go, but it, it definitely feels like this was a very big episode for MM. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, I feel like we finally actually really do know this character. Mm-hmm. 
Like, yeah. I think this is when M.M. the character on the page has really kind of settled in. Yeah. Not that he won't have more surprises, but I really think we're understanding why he is, who he is, and what that's going to mean for him going forward. So I think that that's really exciting. And I thought that just, yeah, everything about him and all the other characters on screen with him just, I thought, worked really well together. And yeah, I'm excited to have him back, which is what I'm anticipating. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's, you know, we've talked a lot about how he, we feel like he just is kind of fades into the background sometimes because mm-hmm. he has these quieter stories. And so to see him get so much time in this episode too, for something that is not very flashy, it's like, it, yeah, you know, it, but it also, I feel like is like the heart of this episode. Mm-hmm. I would love to pick him. But since you already did, I get to pick not without my dolphin. So I'm going to pick the deep um, just for a couple of minutes. But man, I love this. Like when I thought about wanting to talk about the show, it was these moments that I really, really wanted to talk about um, because they're so funny, so smart. um, Mm -hmm. And that's, I think, what keeps this show from getting so heavy too, you know? 100%. Yeah. And just, it it was just chef's kiss, you know, from the Billy Zane to the, you know, I grew up watching Not Without My Daughter or like having that phrase in my head. And so to see it. Not without my dolphin. I was like, oh my God, I'm going to die. So yeah, I've got to give it to that. But um, but yeah, MM would be a very, very close second in any other episode. <laughs> so. Yes, yes. Well, you already kind of teased it, but let's move into predictions. What do you think might happen next? And what are you excited to see? Yeah, so I, as I said, I think Homelander's meltdown will actually turn the tide and work in his favor which is gross, but mm-hmm. I do think that's what's going to, yep, it's going to get his points back up and a uh, little nervous for what that's going to mean mm-hmm. by him realizing that by doing that, it actually worked for him. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, Butcher and Huey will get back together and fall back into their kind of old established power dynamics mm-hmm. uh, for better or for worse could potentially blow up again at some point. Um, they hinted at some things with Grace Mallory. Mm-hmm. So about her being involved with Stormfront or not Stormfront, Soldier Boy. Mm-hmm. Um, and that whole scenario. So it does sound like a visit to Grace is in order. I'm hoping that Huey confronts Newman at some point. It seems like only a matter of time before she's going to find out, you know, that he knows. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, maybe there's a little bit more info gathering that we need. I'm not sure how that's going to play out. But yeah, my prediction is they're going to find out that each other knows. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then, yeah, it looks like MM's going to come back into the fold, which means the boys are back, baby. <laughs> boys are back in town. I yes. know. Yes, there better be. I mean, I don't know if they, you know, we'll see, I guess, if they could get the licensing, but we need that needle drop. Yes, Come we on. do. <laughs> yes. Well, I don't even want to say anything. Let's let's wrap up with some plugs and then we'll talk about the next episode. Um, so, Rachel, where can we find you and what do you have coming up? Sure, you can find me um, on all the social things, uh, Twitter at Vinyl Girl, G-R-R-R-L, or Instagram at The Vinyl Girl, and uh, over on Halloweenies, 
We just covered, uh, we did an aisle commentary for Valentine, uh, just in time for Valentine's Day. So that was super fun. And then also um, the boys did a a rental episode on Phantasm. So all over the place this month. But then, you know, we're also covering Aliens. So it's very exciting. And I cannot wait to talk about that. So yeah, you can listen to all of that stuff over on uh, the Halloweenies podcast. It's so exciting. Um, you can find me at Jim Ferratu on um, mostly just Instagram these days, but Twitter, Twitter sometimes. You can find me coasting the Losers Club podcast and the Lady Killers podcast. And we are talking about bad romance this month. So Fatal Attraction, Audition, Jennifer's Body, lots of, um, oh, Hellraiser. So that was a fun one too. Oh, yeah. And then we just talked about Heather's the other night. So all of that's coming out in February. And um, you can also find me on the White Ladies in Crisis podcast on this very pod feed where we are going to be talking about Slumber Party Massacre. That was my pick because I fucking love that movie so much. Um, But yes, we would also like to give a huge thank you to the Anatomy of a Screen pod squad. Make sure to check out the other fantastic shows in in this very feed. So if you're subscribed to this show, you're going to get those shows and you should listen to them because they're great. That's it for this episode of The Girls on the Boys. But we are going to be back in two weeks to talk about episode three. And Rachel, Mm -hmm. it's good. Uh, something I don't want to say much, but something we've been talking about for a long time is oh going God. to happen. So oh my God, I can't wait. I don't know what it is. But I, I, don't, I don't want to say anything else, but it's it's real good. And I can't wait to talk about it. But until then, remember, fuck you guys. I'm the real hero. <laughs> Squad.